Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, a whoosh bomb of a different kind for ESPN. What are the odds for pop culture? And is it good to be Giancarlo Esposito right about now? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers fast break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. I've been doing so many shows lately, I even forgot to change my name right below from Lakers Fast Break to Pop Culture Cosmos. I've done a ton of interviews for the Lakers Fast Break channel. I've got them recorded already and also a ton on the way. So if you get a chance and you're an NBA fan, check it out, the Lakers Fast Break. In fact, I will have not only one but two interviews from those shows parts of them anyways that will be on today's program i'm going to be talking to rafael esparza the heads odds maker at mybookie and docsports.com he'll be talking about some of the great odds that are out there in pop culture that he helps create plus also as well i'm going to have rafael barlow from nba draft junkies he's one of my favorite guests does a great job every time he's on the lakers fast break he and I will be talking about the latest controversy at ESPN in regards to Adrian Wojnarowski, and he usually breaks the story, but this time he is the story. We talk about that coming up here later in the program, but also we're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including Ubisoft's conference and their own controversy coming up. What the heck is going on at Devolver Digital? I don't even know, but they're just out there. They're crazy, but a lot of people are loving what they're doing because they had their own digital conference, if you can even call on that. So I'm going to ask Josh his thoughts about that coming up. Plus, we're going to try and reach and get to Unsolved Mysteries, a record-breaking auction for a Super Mario cartridge, and so much more. But before we go ahead and talk about all that stuff, it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, you got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, his awesome podcast, Topic Ocalypse, and the Super BS Gamescast, plus also as well his terrific book, Congratulations You Suck, which is now available at Amazon.com and also Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. Well, he says he's Josh the Underwhelmed. It is Josh Peterson, our own Giancarlo Esposito. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? So occasionally we'll talk about Mobile Suit Gundam on this show. And for those of you who don't know, Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, is now streaming on Hulu. 
and that is basically a retelling of the original Mobile Suit Gundam cartoon. Well, what I learned with this is that it's not something you can watch with kids, you know, because this is the first time that they have ever shown nudity in a Gundam show. So it's a little more adult, but if you're not wanting to watch the original like Gundam series from the 80s, this is a good alternative to it because it kind of like shortens all the storylines. It goes from 50 episodes to six episodes. But yes, I am in the middle of it. I will have some thoughts on the complete series once I watch the last episode. But yeah, it's, I'm digging it so far. So far. You have the kids there and you watched it? No, luckily, like there were, you know, everyone was in the other room. But I mean, like it was, it was shocking. You know, it was not the Gundam of my teenage years. Just like Disney Plus has just released X-Men Days from Future Past and I bet a lot of kids, including my own, if they watch it, and I'm just realizing this as we speak, you know, I heard the, the report that Hugh Jackman's booty is front and center, and they're not censoring it for Disney+. Plus. So I'm just realizing now that a lot of kids are going to be watching Hugh Jackman's butt, pretty, essentially, over the next few weeks and months as they watch X-Men Days of Future Past, which is the probably, to me, the best X-Men movie, regardless of what, how you Whoa. feel about Hugh Jackman's behind. Let's... Let's be honest, though, if like your behind was immortal and constantly healed and looked that good, you would probably want to display it on Disney Plus also. If they paid me enough money, heck yeah. <laughs> but it is going to be a great episode. we got a lot of things to talk about. I wanted to go ahead first, Josh, and, and just something real quick. We haven't been able to acknowledge it on the show, and that's the passing of two outstanding contributors to the world of entertainment, Carl Reiner recently passed away just a genius when it comes to comedy wanted to go ahead and acknowledge his passing so many projects television film uh, obviously his son has done some great things as well within the realm of directing and and comedy himself but truly uh, just an inspirational guy when it comes to the world of comedy and the fact that he it was part of the ocean series it just he, you know, it, him and those movies were were truly awesome as well. I want to hear your thoughts real quick on Carl Reiner because he was in this late '90s, but still very much a, a beloved member of the Hollywood community. Yeah, he, you know, that was kind of a. He, it's weird because that he's a star that I have not thought about in a long time, but I do. You know, obviously, I don't know his whole back catalog, but I do have fond memories of watching him in the Ocean series. Yeah, it was really sad because I, you know, I do remember like laughing. You know, he was one of my favorite parts, not laughing as death, but I mean, you know, laughing at the stuff I've seen him in. Like he was my favorite part of Ocean's Eleven was was him. Is he related to Rob Reiner? Absolutely. That's his father. Okay, okay, yeah. So I yeah, I was just curious about that. But yeah, I mean it it's it's a total tragedy. You know, the Hollywood is going to be at a loss without him. You know, it's just he's we're we're seeing this like eventual passing of the old guard, and it's it's kind of sad to see. Well, it, it, again, there's another passing of the old guard in the fact that Ennio Morricone. I know a lot of people out there don't know who he is, but he, or was literally one of the best composers of all time. Not only did he create some of the most memorable music for a lot of the spaghetti westerns of the 1960s, but just so many other movies that he was part of and that he helped create and soundtracks that that he just went through and made just you know like i said once upon the time of the west the good the bad the ugly uh, even all the way up to the hateful eight here with uh, the advent of that movie 
I mean, there's so many other movies that he was a part of. Numerous Academy Award winner, Golden Globes winner, Grammys galore. He just one of the truly great composers of our time. Uh, Ennio Morricone, unfortunately, also passed away recently. And as someone who, I, I think also The Untouchables as well, I think he may help with that soundtrack. So, so many different soundtracks he was part of that were so memorable. The Spaghetti Westerns, I think, are the most remembered for him. But he is one of the greatest composers of our time. I mean, I don't have too much knowledge of him. You know, when you think of composers, you naturally think of people like John Williams and uh, Danny Elfman and people like that. But I mean, it's yeah, it's it's sad to see talent like that go. The Untouchables was a great movie. It was really well scored. Um, you know, let, let's just I, I, I would hope to see a lot of like rising talent, but it also is sad to see some of the older talent going too. Uh, what what what's your thoughts on on like? Charlie Daniels, though. I mean, do you remember? Uh, the devil went down to, to Georgia. Yeah, I mean that's been in a lot of movies, and also I don't know if you've ever been da- down to uh, what was that place in Buena Park that was by medieval times. Remember they had a western show. Yeah, but they also had a pirate show too. Yeah, it's a pi- Well, it's a pirate place now. I forget what it's called, but I mean they had a big like Charlie Daniels theme thing. So I don't know. It's just it's been a sad week for for celebrities and pop culture icons and. You know, I just I would hope that uh, we don't have, you know, more weeks like this. Absolutely. But we pay our respects to all three of those individuals. Thank you for the contributions that you made to us or that you made for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But there's a lot more to talk about on today's program. And before we get to Rafael Esparza, because we've got not one but two Rafaels on today. Head odds maker at MyBookie and DocSports.com. I want to ask you real quick. You saw Ubisoft's forward conference. Whatever they're going to call it. They're going forward. They're going forward. Well, they kind of went backward because they didn't uh, say any public statements about the allegations that they had with one of their studios overseas that really bad issues in regards to harassment and things of that nature that uh, I think not one, not two, but three members of the studio or more have been let go because of some really uh, bad uh, stuff going down at, at their at their offices but they did have their conference today uh, i want to hear your thoughts on the abuse allegations that are out there but also of course the the games and isn't it great to be giancarlo esposito right now <laughs> yeah that's uh the boys, are we ta- wait are we- what the boys uh, mandalorian and Far Cry Six. He's the guy he's, starring he's, in Far Cry Six. He's 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 the guy. He's, he's the guy. Um, I want to I want to get to that in just a second. You know the the allegate the you know all the allegations we're talking about here. Like it's you know it's interesting because to me like that kind of that you hear a lot about things happening in gaming studios. Like it's it's just it happens so much and like it lately has not been surprising to to say like oh Rockstar does this or. You know, Telltale does this. Like, it, it doesn't surprise me. Or even like Quant, uh, Quantic Dream does this. Like, it's a lot of that stuff. Is just like, okay, whatever. What really surprised me was hearing this stuff coming out of Ubisoft because all their games start out with that little thing saying like, "Hey, this was made by a team from multi multiple different religions, sexual orientations, genders, yada yada, all that stuff." So you're like, you think that like, okay, Ubisoft's pretty woke. You know, like they know. They know what they're doing here, and then you hear something like that, and you're like, okay, well, maybe it, it's it's there's more going on behind the scenes than we think. 
you know, as for the the director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, how he cheated on his wife and stuff like that. I honestly like to me that's not that's not important to me. I mean, I, I know to some people like, oh hey, he did this, you know, he needs to st- I don't think that's worthy of stepping down from your job. Like that's just my thoughts on it. Like your your personal life is your personal life. Deal with it on your own time. But these other things coming in, hearing about how there's like sexual harassment and stuff like that within the studio, that is something that is quite uh, shocking to me because, you know, like I said, Ubisoft's always kind of prided themselves on being the the diversity company, you know, the, the company you go to uh, if you're like have different beliefs on religion, gender, stuff like that, like that is the company you go to. And so, you know, I, they didn't mention any of that because I think it's the, the news about it is so fresh. But, you know, they, they did show a lot of clips of people working in the studio, you know, people designing characters, people designing levels, talking to employees like they showed a lot of stuff in that conference revolving around that. And it just it made me wonder if that like that's just good timing on their part that they had that stuff prepared already or if they had to you know, record stuff yesterday or today or whatever to and kind of throw it in at the last minute because of these allegations. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, it was it had to have been. Uh, I mean, it's all about timing, my friend. And they had to, without going into that direction, they still wanted to go ahead and try and address something of that nature. But they obviously, like you said, they weren't going to go ahead and... and really get into it because they wanted to go ahead and focus on the games but it's sometimes it's hard to focus on the games when so much is happening outside of the box but they did make an impression today i think they made a very good one with the gaming wise the gaming centric wise so i want to ask you your thoughts real quick on how ubisoft performed overall i mean far cry 6 assassin's creed valhalla and all the things you can do there although none of it's really just outside of the box or really just something that's really new when it comes to Valhalla, just they're adding some features in there that's going to make it more interesting. And of course, Watch Dogs Legion, got to see that. That's uh, very entertaining, so I'm, I'm very interested on that. So I want to hear your thoughts on Ubisoft's conference when it comes to what you know the gaming part of it uh, overall. So the gaming part, you know, it, it was no EA, and the, a lot of the stuff they showed was cool, and like I enjoyed watching it, but... The, the fact that they dedicated like 15 to 20 minutes to mobile games really underwhelmed me. I was expecting to hear maybe something they hadn't announced before, something they hadn't talked about in a while, like Beyond Good and Evil 2 or Skull and Bones. Is that the name of the pirate yeah, game? the pirate been game that's been, seems like it's been development forever. It'll never come out. It probably will never come out. But, you know, or even like I would have loved to hear about an Assassin's Creed 1 remaster because they've repackaged every assassin's creed game except for the first one so on that note and i know a lot of people are kind of disappointed that they didn't talk about a new splinter cell you know or prince of persia i know those properties we will see one of those games within the next five years but they they don't seem to really have any intention on developing those at the moment so as for the game and then the tom clancy and then tom clancy was done like you said on a mobile platform as opposed to on a mobile platform you know they're like hey congrats here's we know you guys love Sam Fisher, but it's not the one that you were expecting. You know, it's it's a mobile battle royale. And I am, maybe people will enjoy playing this battle royale game, Hyperspace or whatever it's called. 
but I just I feel like that the effort and time and money could have been spent elsewhere because there are too many battle royale games out there and like Ubisoft is good at these big narratives and I just I don't think they excel at multiplayer except Rainbow Six. Watch Dogs Legion looks really good. I love the idea that like you can play as all these different people. You know, I was talking to uh, Brian Wegner on the Super BS Games cast about how it, you know he's he's talking about this idea about he's disappointed that they only have one, you know, one or two antagonists. And I'm sitting here thinking like you can literally play as anybody in this game, you know, and I, I don't know if they're they're clinging to what they showed last uh, last E3, the fact that like once your character dies, you just jump into the next character, you know, and I don't know if they're going to keep that going on. But I feel like with all these different characters you can play, you need to have some kind of constant in the game to keep, you know, your narrative threaded. What, what are your thoughts on that, though? Do you think that the game needs a main antagonist or do you think that it can exist all on its own without something like that? I think it's different. I think it's a, a unique approach to it. But again, it's only going to be as entertaining as the protagonist that you're actually using. Like, okay, you're going to be... Well, it's so it's so weird because, you know, will you be playing the same way whether you have an 85-year-old woman or whether you're playing as a 35-year-old man? That's I know they, they've showcased it as such, and that's the way they want to perceive it, but I'd like a little bit difference. Uh, and uh, I like if I'm playing as an as an older individual, I like to there's some some attributes there that maybe would hinder me or make it make it more difficult. Or if I'm playing someone younger, I may be able to take advantage of certain things. Just make sure everything that, you know, every time I get into a new individual, that it's going to be entertaining, that it's going to be something that I want to go ahead and keep playing. Because if I start getting bored as you keep on jumping into individual after individual, that it's going to be not as fun as it was when I first started, then I don't want to, I'm not going to go ahead and continue. I'm not going to go ahead and, and keep on playing. Well, if you look at it, all the different people, and I don't know if they're going to be different classes. You know, I was wondering about this too. Like, Watch Dogs is notorious for having, you know, you have a construction worker on this corner, and then you walk a couple blocks over, and you're going to encounter the same model construction worker, right? There, all these characters all look the same. All the people, there's no diversity in the people. You have maybe ten different models just scattered throughout the city. With this one. You know, I'm I'm curious if they're going to have that or it's going to be something like the, uh, what was it? It was Assassin's Creed Unity, right? That had literally a, a city just packed with all these different models. You know, the, the processing on the game was really slow, but it looked kind of cool. I'm wondering if they're going to have something like that. You know, obviously, like they showed the construction worker, right? He has the nail gun. They showed the old lady. She has the handgun. They showed a couple of the different hacker classes and they can control bots and do their, their drones and stuff like that. What was really cool was that the the Irish, did you see the Irish guy that they showed? So you get into the Irish guy and you actually like you're you have a I don't want to call it like a like a alcohol tolerance, but like the more you drink, the like the better that those berserking options are, like the more hits you can take and the the harder you can swing. So like, I think stuff like that's kind of cool, but you know, I, again, like I have an issue with the fact that like you're dumping time and effort into characters that, that could just die, you know, and that's, that's my biggest beef with the game. 
but I am excited about it. Not excited enough to go back and play any of the old Watchdog games, but it is something I am looking forward to. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go ahead and say that Far Cry 6, I'm very intrigued on seeing more of Assassin's Creed. Valhalla, it's throwing a lot of stuff out there. I'm not sure if it's going to really enhance the game, but yeah, you can get more people to fight with you. You can build more stuff, resources. It's expanding the game in different ways. None of this is earth shattering, but it's just making the experience a lot more detailed for those playing Assassin's Creed. So my hope with Assassin's Creed, and I don't want to talk about Far Cry in a second, my hope with Assassin's Creed is that they take the mechanics that worked really well in Odyssey and they improved upon them. You know, I didn't see a lot in terms of like uh, naval warfare. You know, obviously we have some stuff going on with the boats, but that's only for uh, for the raids. You know, and I, I think that would be a huge disservice to the franchise if they didn't have some kind of naval battles in there. As for the you know, the, the main character himself and the quest and all that, or him or herself and the quest that you go on. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that, you know, now that Odyssey has introduced the Isu, which is basically the, you know, the first civilization, the Isu, now that they have introduced the ancient gods as being Isu, do you think that they need to carry that on? Do you think that needs to continue into uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Or do you think that they can they're good just moving past that. Do you think there needs to be some kind of, I think that there needs to be some kind of like supernatural element in the game, but, but Brian from super BS, he disagrees with me on that. What are your thoughts? Anything to extend it out. Cause you got to remember, even though it's no longer a year by year franchise, it's still every other year, still a very, a, a franchise that is brought out frequently. So you need as many things as you can throw in there as possible. And if the supernatural end of it becomes uh something that people can latch on to i'd say all for it man because anything right now outside of the the just the similarities and i appreciate ubisoft trying to make things more vast and more different each and every time you're playing assassin's creed because they realize you can only do so much hunt see my target kill my target okay that's great but if you're trying to expand the universe even more, you're going to have to go ahead and at least try some of those things. And that would include the supernatural, especially what you're seeing right now within the realms of what we're seeing or what could be possibly be seeing with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, I hope so, because th- there's really only so many places their narrative can go from this point. You know, I really love the idea of playing as Vikings and because the Norse gods were so they're just messed up. They're completely messed up. And I think that it would be a cool, you know, thing to see embodied by these Isus by, or by the Isu in in terms of like where their narrative can go. Who are is, are we going to end up with some kind of like really compelling God of War type story or is it just going to be another like bland Assassin's Creed game? So I'm all about the narrative. You know, I don't know how everyone else, everyone else just kind of likes the the mechanics, but you know, I just I really hope for a strong narrative and some some good like supernatural elements that kind of carry on because they've done a good job of, you know, carrying on stories from Origins and Odyssey 
And now I'm hoping the story from Odyssey kind of carries on into, or there's references to Odyssey within this game. I agree with you. Anything to expand the universe and make it more interesting. I've not been the biggest fan of Assassin's Creed. I know it depends on the Assassin's Creed and the ones that are more widely accepted and the one that's more widely loved, I seem to latch onto and the ones that are like eh, on the fence or below, I'm, I I don't even get interested in. It, to me, you need that hook and that will help me have that hook to buy me in as far as someone who wants to play it down the road. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, there's been so many of them that it's not even about like carrying on the game. To me, it's about connecting them together making it feel like each of these entries is not playing them is not a waste of time yeah well last but not least on the major announcements or the major showcases for the ubisoft forward conference was far cry 6 now mind you it didn't really show any gameplay or anything of that but it did show a lot of giancarlo esposito who is like i said before sizzling hot right now mandalorian the boys and also far cry 6 Coming out in February is Far Cry 6, or at least it's scheduled to. As you know, it's always subject to change. But it looks like he is a dictator uh, teaching his son the ropes, again, battling against those who are trying to uh, revolt you know, as an opposing force. It looks like something that could be very interesting. I'm very intrigued by it, and I haven't been intrigued by too many Far Cry games in the past. What are your thoughts on Far Cry 6 before we head on to what the is going on at Devolver Digital? So with Far Cry 6, I am I'm intrigued. You know, I want I want to know more like who are you going to play as the the son? You know, he's been forced to become this monster thanks to his dad. Are you going to play as a son? Are you going to play as a rebel? Uh, This seems to kind of mirror, you know, what's going on with or has gone on in the past with Cuba uh, much like the Far Cry 5 kind of mirrored what was going on with that cult in Montana. Uh, I'm curious, like, how far they're going to push the envelope on this. But I I, I really love far, the Far Cry games. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of Primal, but I did love, you know, Far Cry 4 and 5. Never played New Dawn. What I really loved about 5 was that the world was so interesting. You know, it's so vibrant, so many colors. The characters were fun to talk to. Uh, I just, I hope to get some of that with Far Cry 6 because... I feel like it's been not enough time between five and six, you know? So I hope that it, this doesn't feel like a rushed game. I was going to say the same thing about, was it um, Primal and the one right before it? That I, There was really no type of buffer between those two games. Yeah, well, that was like Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn. Like, there was what six months between the game because coming it was out basically new dawn. new dawn was just a flip reverse of yeah, well, yeah is leftover assets i'm sure with just a few you know different color palettes added in there but i i just like i i don't like rushed games and you know this is already i feel like this is a setting that has already kind of been tackled by far cry so i just i i would hope that it's a good game the narrative is good it's just it has the magic of you know what makes Far Cry so special. And last but not least on another video game presentation, if you can call it that, was the wild, as seemingly now that they do every year, over-the-top presentation at Devolver Digital. I'm going to say this right now. Devolver Digital, as far as on the food chain, is on the smaller side. They're not independent, but they're one of those few developers that are in between AAA and the independent and there's really not that many 
developers in between. They qualify to me as one of those developers and they need something to stick out. And they seem to every year when they go just all out craziness, just the whole presentation of the way they do things. And oh yeah, they show off some games. It's, <laughs> I think they showed maybe like less than 10 minutes of the, of the actual 40 minute presentation on the games. But if you're a big fan of what they do, you didn't care because it was just so wild, just so crazy. The antics of some of the people that work there and the way they go about it and the video game celebrities that they involved. Your friend Jeff Keighley, once again, they had Xbox boss. They had the one of the PlayStation bosses. They had Suda51. They had major names there going ahead and just little bit parts and comedic stuff. And it was all in good fun. And then they showed the games. And the games, they don't look AAA rate. But again, I love Serious Sam. Always willing to play it. They had some weird, weird games coming up as well. And then they had Shadow Warrior 3, which is looking pretty good. But again, these are not top shelf, top of line games. But the way they promote it, I think is second to none. And if you want to go ahead and check out something wild and outrageous, check out what the heck that they're doing at Devolver Digital. Yeah, so Devolver Digital, they've always been known for that. You know, they've always been someone like right at the cusp of AAA gaming, but not quite breaking that ceiling. And their shows have always been outrageous in their own right. You know, they've always had something that kind of takes you by surprise. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of their games. I don't play a lot of them. Serious Sam, I do enjoy. The Samurai game looks kind of like a knockoff of a lot of other games that are out there. There's nothing there that I want to play right now. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I, I won't eventually try to play these games, but it wasn't something I was super impressed with. What it's wrapped in is so wild and so crazy. And, and I think they know that, that they need to go ahead and have these outrageous performances that gets people excited. It gets social media awareness. It gets all those things that, that people seem to care about that gets them at least an eye on their products. Whether or not they play them, that's a different story. And as you know, they still don't have that one quintessential hit that is going to put them over the top yet. But like you said, at least that keeps them there out in the forefront. And until such time they find and research and have that hit that they can develop, they're at least going to go ahead and keep within the public eye with these outrageous presentations that they're going to have year in, year out, whether it's at E3 or whether it's not. What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with what was shown off at the Ubisoft Forward Conference? And also, what in the world is going on at Devolver Digital? We'd love to hear your thoughts on each. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or also as well PopCultureCosmos at Humanica Media and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And now Pop Culture Cosmos is on TikTok. Coming up next, we've got Rafael Esparza, Heads Oddsmaker at MyBookie and DocSports.com. Plus right after that, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And on the back end of the show, Josh and I are going to be doing some quick talking about some unsolved mysteries and the record-breaking auction for a Super Mario cartridge. That and more coming up right after the break. This is... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. 
what will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. If you want to know what the odds are out there and what Vegas is saying, I've got a great guest on today. you got to catch what he's doing today at DocSports.com and also my bookie. He has over 14 years of experience as a sportsbook manager at four of the biggest, most well-known sportsbooks on the Vegas Strip. He's the head's odds maker at my bookie. You got to check out all the great stuff that he's doing today at DocSports.com. He's the Vegas sports informer. It's Rafael Esparza. And Rafael, thanks for joining us once again on the program. Thanks for having me. Some of the things that you now can go ahead and lay odds on or lay insight on, you're going ahead and doing today on these great sites. In fact, I saw some of your work on the WWE, which is in the past two, three years, I'd say, really grown as far as odds making is concerned, especially a lot of offshore stuff as well. I've seen a lot of odds that just would love to throw my money down because it throw my experience on there as far as what I what I know and what I understand about the world of professional wrestling or entertainment. You have, I've seen your odds on a lot of the stuff going on with the Kardashians, which is quite amusing and, and all that. <laughs> so uh, just a lot of great things there in pop culture. And I want to hear some of the, the more interesting aspects of the pop culture realm that you'd love to go ahead and throw odds on and some of the more interesting ones that you're followers go ahead and lay money on as well well really quick on the wrestling people always say how do you put odds on when they already when they already know the results on pay-per-view especially the bigger pay-per-views the wrestlers do not know the results until either they're walking into the ring or the, or the ref tells them when they got into the ring so that's why everyone says oh i can't believe you're putting odds on stuff that they already know the outcome Pay-per-views, they don't know the outcome right away. Hello, look at Brock Lesnar when he beat The Undertaker. 40-1 to that day. And if you watched Undertaker's recent show on WWE, him and Vince McMahon fought for an hour and a half because Vince McMahon did not want Undertaker to lose that match. And finally, uh, Undertaker told Brock Lesnar during the match, hey, you're going to win this. And Brock Lesnar didn't believe him for like 15 minutes. So it it was a great storyline. But the stuff that we're putting out right now, I mean, I got odds on America's Got Talent. We're putting on that. You can bet, will the golden buzzer win? Uh, the America's Got Talent, the nose, minus 140. Just posted some odds. The season four or the Handmaid's Tales. I don't know if you watched that, but you can bet a whole bunch of cool stuff. Would this be the last season of Handmaid's Tales? Alfred die on season four if you don't watch it. Uh, so it's a great stuff on there. Uh, it's just fun putting out entertainment. I can't wait till the movies come back because I had a whole bunch of Halloween kills uh, betting prop bets because i had halloween betting prop bets for the first movie and they got huge action it was actually published in a couple entertainment magazines with the uh how many mike that's what michael myers have with a knife uh, that was one of our popular betting prop bets so i can't wait for the movies to come back but i love pop culture and i'll put anything that trends on social media I'm going to put a betting number on it. So so if you have anything that's trending that you want me to see odds on, please send it to me on my Twitter at VSI Doc Sports because I love to add more entertainment prop bets because let's face it, it's water cooler talk. And I love people to talk about stuff that you can actually bet on or just actually talk about and laugh about. It's funny because, like you said, you, you're you know some of the most interesting odds you put out there. Bloomhouse decided to go ahead and push that back. Like all these movies are getting pushed back. And that's the question. So sad. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And, you know, that's the question with a lot of these movies these days or some of the things that you might want to put odds on. How many times will this movie get pushed back? In some of these cases, it's now gone up to three, four, and five times even. So it's it's crazy what it's going on now. And 
very unfortunate that that we as as movie fans cannot go ahead and see these movies because of the continual ongoing things that are going on with the coronavirus. But yeah, for a great water cooler talk like you're talking about, it's funny because you see all those great things that you're posting odds on, whether it's a Handmaid's Tale or like the WWE. And with WWE, you know, there are rumors and you've heard all the, on the quote unquote dirt sheets and, and, you know, all the other insiders there that talk about when they see a lot of action on the odds from people such as yourself, sometimes that influences the decision Say, you know what, if that's what the public feels, I think we're going to go in a different way as far as the result is concerned. So I've heard that being tossed about as far as possible reasonings behind some of the results that you've seen out there. But you're right. In a lot of cases, they don't know until they go out there. Or like you said, the ref lets them know. Or when they show up to the arena, they don't know exactly where they're going to win or lose. So that that's part of the interesting thing about betting on, like you said, the WWE, All Elite Wrestling, and, and pro wrestling as a whole. But there's so much out there in pop culture you can bet on. The Emmys are coming up. So the voting's already out as far as for, for Emmys that are out there. And I know Variety has their choices on who, who they think is is the favorites, who they think is eh, might have a chance in the long shots indeed. And I know you're starting to formulate a plan, uh, I would assume, for the Emmys. But before we head on out, I just want to ask this. You know, for all the different things that you talk about, what's the most enjoyable aspect as far as your job is concerned? Oh, it's got to be the research. I mean, I just did a, a full big betting spreadsheet for Shark Week. We tagged nine great rights tagged on the world and Shark Week's doing it. So I did odds on what shark would be tagged first. Did a whole thing for that. And the research for, for that was just outstanding. I did a whole bunch of uh, our uh, work for Newsweek for celebrity breakups. And so doing research uh, for that, for marriages that's going to last and odds on that, I, I think the research has to be uh, the fun thing. Because uh, like I said, anyone can do an NFL week one odds, uh, uh, something like that. You can either copy someone else's and have them done in an hour. But putting up odds for great right sharks or movies or TV odds or stuff like that, that's when you have to really go dive in and start looking at a cast or rumor mills, blogs, writers and stuff like that that's the fun work of doing the research for it and like i said i don't care if not one dollar gets bet on it but if someone looked at it and talked about it uh, it gives me pleasure well i'll tell you what it is going to be a lot of pleasure derived from all the odds that you put out there whether it's if stranger things season four will be the last one or well, i'm already working on stranger things uh, and, uh probably this weekend i'm when i'm watching ufc 251 there you go exactly so the, the all the great odds all the great stuff that he's talking about please go ahead and check out Raphael's work today at mybookie and docsports.com you'll be glad you did there's a lot of things going out there if you're really into the betting scene all the great odds all the great stuff that he's talking about please go ahead and check out Raphael's work today at mybookie and docsports.com you'll be glad you did and as the Vegas sports informer I'm sure a lot of people are always up to date on what you're doing out there. So what is the best way to get a hold of you? 
best way to get a hold of me if you have questions is a Twitter. You can follow me at VSI Doc Sports. You can follow me on Instagram, Rafael Esparza. Uh, those are probably two best places uh, to jump on in if you have any questions on betting, on numbers. If you're looking to bet something, you can't find it. I'll post it up. Uh, I love when people tell me, hey, I want to bet this movie or bet this fight or bet this game that's being played in Japan, Korea, whatever. If you put a betting number up, I'll research it and I'll put a betting number up. So feel free to chime on in again on Twitter at VSI Doc Sports and Instagram, Rafael Esparza. Well, there you go, Rafael. It's just been so great having you on the show today. I want to get you back on at a later point in time so you can go ahead and update your odds with us here at the Lakers Fast Break. But the Pop Culture Cosmos always want to go ahead and hear more about what the odds are out there in pop culture. So I'm looking forward to having you back on again real soon. Once again, it's Rafael Sparza, a.k.a. the Vegas Sports Informer. you got to go ahead and check out, once again, what he's doing today at MyBookie and DocSports.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight what happened earlier this week. In fact, we were going to go on on a certain day. We finished a conversation, and I asked him if he could go on. He said, hold up, Gerald. Wait just a day. Wait a day, and so much more news, I bet, will come on out. And you know what? I think I'm going to bring him over here to Las Vegas and start betting on some stuff because he's got some insight. He <laughs> called it, and he called it right. It is my good friend, indeed, from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to check out what he and his entire staff of great people are doing today at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube and NBA Draft Junkies on Anchor, going to Apple Podcasts, going to Spotify, and, of course, his great site, NBADraftJunkies.com. is my good friend, and I'm going to have to call you a savant. It is Rafael Barlow, and first off, man, you called it. You called it, man. I, I, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't know that it would be like this, but I just, I just knew like, you know, yesterday was the first day everybody got to the bubble. So I figured that there was going to be some type of news, whether it's somebody complaining about the food or their room, but I wasn't expecting a, a woge bomb. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, he questioned the NBA's motives in regards to China, plus also uh, talking about the the statements that are there in regards to what can and cannot be said during the course of their bubble situation as far as what should be on the, the jerseys, what would they like on the jerseys. And you and I have spoken about this before on past episodes of Lakers Fast Break. Well, in response to this, because Senator Hawley sent it out, I guess, as a letter to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, and he was asking why that there's not more an allowance of things like support our troops and back the blue on their jerseys in 2020. And he, like, again, he questioned the league's relationship with China. But in response to it, Adrian Wojnarowski, who sh- as a reporter should be reporting on this, but not really trying to interject himself into this. That's when I think you're overstepping the bounds. At least that's what I was taught in journalism school. He did reach out to Senator Josh Hawley, and despite whether you agree or not to not to agree with with the statements like "support our troops" and "back the blue" on the jerseys, similar to what we will be seeing as far as for the Black Lives Matter movement, and also anything regarding to social justice and racial equality that will be represented there during their time there, 
Wojnarowski's response was basically to say, quote unquote, F you with the full profane word in there. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. And most importantly, because this could and will be blowing up big time, except for on ESPN, which is actually not reporting it outside of what Wojnarowski has apologized for on Twitter. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. And where do you think it will go from here? Because for Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the major NBA insider, this can't go well. This is a tough one because, like I said, with the players, as far as their accommodations, I try to see both sides, both trains of thought and both sides of the fence. And so from what the senator said, coming from his point of view, it, it does make some sense that and, he and, and if that's his opinion that's his opinion that's his opinion yeah but i i think that he should have known that expressing his opinion at about that at this particular time is definitely going to draw some opposition which it did and which is why Woj, which i'm shocked that Woj even like you said interjected himself i'm shocked that he left a paper trail like in an email he said what he said. He didn't like give an explanation of why. I mean, it was just pretty much F you. And Senator <laughs> Holly actually made a screenshot of it to make sure that everybody knows that it came straight from Adrian Wojnarowski. <laughs> yeah, you can, anybody can email Woj now. I know his email address. <laughs> it was definitely a bad look for, for Woj. I'm curious to see what ESPN does. I've seen... Someone say they probably should suspend him until at least the start of of the um to the start of the game. So I guess for like three weeks. But I didn't realize that they hadn't reported it yet. Like I saw the email, I saw what Woj's apology. And of course, you know, if it's on Twitter, then you'll you'll see all the details. But I haven't been on ESPN.com in the last few hours and I didn't realize that they have not reported it. So that's why I'm curious to see what what their next step is. Because I'm going to look right now. I looked before we went on the air, and I looked, and I did not see it as one of the major headlines. And I still don't see it as one of the major headlines. And I'm scrolling through right now for our viewers, and I do not see it. This is not unlike ESPN, and that that's her choice not to report it. But everybody outside of the ESPN's family and the ESPN zone is sure as heck jumping on it. And that's something that we've seen before from ESPN when there's a scandal within ESPN Everybody else is going to report it. Yeah, I think if it was Shams, it would be on ESPN right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And somewhere, <laughs> wherever he's at, Shams is just salivating at this because he's considered the second or close to second. He's actually was the you know the, the student and Wojnarowski was the teacher while the two were together, I believe, for Yahoo Sports. And now... Yep. And now Shams, who works, uh, you know, at a different location at the Athletic, if I'm not mistaken, and he will now be maybe possibly even uh, put him at the forefront of the insider, very competitive NBA inside knowledge and inside pipeline. But with Wojnarowski, I understand his feelings and his frustrations in regard to it, you know, whether or not you're liberal or conservative, whether or not you're on one side of the fence or the other, that's up to you. That's how you decide. That's how you decide. But, you know, and I know that a lot of players will probably back Wojnarowski on this. But again, like I said, it comes to the point where this is a thing that as a reporter, as a journalist, 
you're really not supposed to step over those bounds. And unless you're going on a show and you're talking for all intents and purposes, a talking head, like we see with Stephen A. Smith and you're on your Mm -hmm. shows and you can say that in a more family friendly type of way, but doing this directly at a Senator that, that posted this, that's to me as a journalist, that might've not been the best call. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, it it definitely wasn't something that was well thought of and he wasn't even on the email right he just emailed the the guy directly yes i mean that it's 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 so unprofessional to email someone directly and all you send them is f you i mean you don't even really do that to like an enemy so i'm shocked that he did it but on the flip side of it, he may have gained some respect from some of the players because it looks like he supports their cause and he supports, you know, how the players feel. And, and that's I'm sure good to that- me. And that, that to me, I, I, I really, truly appreciate it. But it's the way you go about it sometimes that doesn't help everything that's going on. But, you know, it could actually work in his favor I because so. I hope so. Well, I was always under under the impression, and this is just my opinion, and I, I know Shams, I've met Woj once, but I've always was under the impression that Woj gets his information from the front offices. Shams gets his information from the players. So there's a little divide between them. So I always felt like if a player had something that he wanted to say or break, he's going to go to Shams before he would go to Woj. I mean, unless they hire Shams or decide to bring in maybe like somebody like Chris Haynes from Yahoo, I don't think they'd be willing to give up that competitive edge as far as breaking news. And again, I hope this won't cost him his his position with the company. He is such an outstanding reporter. And whether or not you're on the right or left on this situation and to go ahead and outright cut somebody because of this i hope it's not done i certainly hope it's not done but i also certainly hope you don't send me any profane (laughs) i I don't even cuss in my normal everyday vocabulary so i definitely won't be typing it and hitting send like i don't know i just like i said you know what's going to happen once you do that you know it absolutely especially someone with a platform like a senator absolutely indeed but my friend, it's been great talking to you once again. As always, I'm going to talk to you here soon next week. I got to have you on again <laughs> with more yeah. hotel horror stories coming up from the bubble. I cannot wait. Yeah, you never know. Something may break tomorrow or Sunday. So if we have to do a, an emergency podcast, I'll, I'll be available. Sounds good, my friend. All the best to you. And again, just truly appreciate everything you do for us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is Pop Culture Cosmos. Cannot thank enough Rafael Esparza, Heads Oddsmaker, and MyBookie and DocSports.com 
Let's also as well, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. You got to check out his YouTube page, his awesome site, and also his great podcast today, NBA Draft Junkies. You just type that in and all of it comes right up. My friend, before we head on out, the Batman spinoff from the Batman movie, Matt Reeves announced that they're going to do a spinoff television series coming to HBO Max centering around the, get this, Gotham City Police Department. Stop and tell me if I hadn't heard this before. Yeah, I uh, honestly, man, I'm not interested. Like, I feel like at this point, there are too many worlds being created within the DC universe. And I just, I don't have time. I was sitting down the other day. I, we just finished watching Stranger Things, seen it already. But, you know, as we're going through it again and, uh, you know, that was over and I was trying to figure out, like, what do I want to watch next? So we, we started watching Westworld. You know, I have like 30 minutes at night to watch a show or sometimes an hour and I usually fall asleep during it. And Gotham having a spinoff of Batman is just something that I probably will not watch. I did love the first few seasons of Gotham, but one, I, I don't know anything. I haven't seen the movie yet and I don't know if the police in that world are going to be interesting or Gordon or whatever it might be, but I just, this is not something that I am too keen on watching, but what are your thoughts? I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to watch it. I mean, it's got to get off to a good start. I might be interested to see it. And that's the Batman spinoff focusing on the Gotham City Police Department that's coming most likely between the first the Batman movie and if it does well enough a second the Batman movie and it'll be coming to HBO Max. Speaking of streaming series, before we head on out my friend I want to ask you real quick, Unsolved Mysteries has returned but this time all the people that they're looking for, all the stuff that they're talking about, all the recreations and reenactments, all that stuff that you remember from the 90s and watching the Unsolved Mystery shows. It's coming back in a little bit more glossier, more high-produced format, and it's come back to Netflix. It's getting a pretty good response. In fact, I posted a story here earlier today, and it actually got a decent response. So I want to hear your thoughts on Unsolved Mysteries coming back to the world of Netflix. You know, there's so, there's so much on Netflix right now that like if if you hadn't have told me about this, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, it it sounds exciting you know i always enjoyed you know enjoy listening to podcasts and and watching shows like that i i just hope that it's you know it's they're not just trying to make a show of a podcast you know i just i hope that it's something that well, it's based off the television uh, show from the 90s right I, I hope it's good you know i hope it's not something like the like an a and e show but Again, like I don't, I don't have a lot of history in watching these shows, but it's something you're obviously interested in. So, what, what are your thoughts on it? I used to watch it back in the day. I think it was the late '80s, early '90s. I think when the show actually w was on the air, and at that time we would you know, gather around the TV and, and try to figure out the mystery for our own and find out exactly, you know, how this person vanished or who murdered this person. That only is accentuated like what you were, I think, alluding to when it comes to podcasts that the, the boom of true crime podcasts that are out there has exploded onto the marketplace. And people's fascination with true crime and mystery and things of that nature has emanated from what the days of the Twilight Zone back in the day. Now the Twilight Zone has come back again. Unsolved Mysteries, that was back in the day. Now it's come back again. So a lot of people are now just... Their, their fascination and their just insatiable desire for mystery and true crime is 
is there. And we've even talked about, you know, doing behind the scenes, talk about you know, true crime uh, to some extent as well. And when it comes to Unsolved Mysteries, I think this is a very high-gloss production of it. I think the values of it are much better than obviously what they could have conceived of back in the 90s. I think it's going over pretty well. And I know that for season two, the showrunners and producers are already talking about ghosts as far as adding that element in there for season two. So a lot of people are looking forward to it. In fact, when I posted the article today, people were already thumbs up and and given the hearts and all that. So a lot of people, I guess, are interested in Unsolved Mysteries. So going forward, I think it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be talking about. How much? That I'm not sure. I don't know if you're going to say it's the next Tiger King or if it's going to be one of the most watched on Netflix. We'll wait and see how well it stays on that list of most watched programs on Netflix. But it is Unsolved Mysteries. It's now back on the air. It's on Netflix. So people, hopefully you will get a chance if you're interested in true crime and mystery to go ahead and check it out on Netflix real soon. But my friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and talk about a record-breaking auction for Super Mario. That's right. A Super Mario cartridge that just went for $114,000. It's a rare, unopened copy of the classic Super Mario Brothers game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And you know if... (laughs) I'm thinking about Rob and Jay at a time like this with Nintendo. It comes to Nintendo Quest and all that. But when you hear that mind-boggling amount... For the auction, what are your thoughts when it comes to Super Mario? It gives me faith in the collectability of games. You know, you always hear stories about people like, oh, hey, this game was worth so-and-so. But then you have the issue of, like, trying to find someone to pay that. You know, for example, that Superman comic that went for, like, what, $2 million a couple years ago? Something around there. Uh, it's just, it, I, I, it gives me a lot of faith in, in collectability. And it jo- goes to show, this is one of those things which I imagine is going to drive the value of retro games up. If you're a collector and you're investing your money in stuff like this, like it could very possibly have a return one day. Hopefully, for a lot of people out there. And I know if everybody's going to be looking and scouring through their attics, through their basements, through their piles, through their closets, and through their libraries for any games that they think might be valuable. And I'm just interested to see where the market for these rare video games go from there. If Amazon's Crucible had come out in a box format, that would have been something I would have jumped all over because if you didn't hear the news, Amazon's Crucible did so well, they just pulled it off as far as off the digital storefronts because it was a true disaster. And Amazon's next game, New World, they have now so little confidence in that, they have delayed that game indefinitely. Crucible, uh, from from what I've heard, is the first game ever to go back into beta after being a fully released game. That's right. They went back into closed beta. I wish there had been a hard copy of that because I would have loved to get my hands on it. Because that could have been 10 years from now. That could have been the next $100,000 game. So, unfortunately, it's, I believe, only digital only. But if you got a hard copy of it, one day soon, you could be a rich person. Been a great show, my friend. You can listen to our back episodes to catch up on where we're at with the top 100-ish movie countdown. But if you're on Facebook Live, you're seeing it right now. You're seeing all the great stuff that we're doing. Super BS Gamescast, Lakers Fast Break, 
the Pop Culture Cosmos, the PCC Multiverse, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, all the articles, all the reviews. You've got two reviews. One's coming up, I think, with, with Jurassic Park. He did one with Alan Wake. He did one on anime. Just a ton of stuff on pop culture coming up right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Yes, a lot of a lot of cool content coming out. Just talking with Gerald before the show started, working on something really special right now. Uh, we'll be able to talk about that more later. But uh, yeah, lots of great stuff on the website, www.popculturecosmos.com. I cannot thank enough both Raphael's for being on the show today. And of course, you as always. Any last thoughts on the way out? I don't want to say too much. You know, I might be tempted to uh, spill some secrets that are not ready to be divulged yet. So I think I'm good right now. Shh. It's a secret. It's a secret indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping... You have yourself a great day. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. And we're here on the station surviving the coronavirus. Since you guys are probably quarantined there down on Earth, we'll let you know uh, we got DC news, comics, television shows we're going to be talking about every week. Come join us every week on the Earth Station DCU podcast here on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.